welcome to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who likes to go into his office and chant CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Um, I'm, uh, I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. Doing better than Mr. Old Phil Brooks nowadays. So um, I'm doing uh, I'm doing very well. How are you, Richard? <laughs> oh, not too bad. Not too bad. It's raining here. I got got today off. Got tomorrow off. So kind of relaxing. You know, gotta gotta go to Boise at some point. But uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You said it was raining over there. Yes, we are. Uh, we are getting some uh, some good rain here in the Pacific Northwest. Some welcome rain and. Um... Yeah, looking like uh, looking like the Seattle area over here today. Yep, Idaho's looking like the Seattle area. I was gonna tell you, like, can you contain your weather over there? But Idaho kind of needs it, you know. They uh, they got a few fires. Yeah, right? Washington's in a drought too. So uh, so yeah, very welcome at this point. I I really 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 don't remember like the last time that any place wasn't in a drought, like through the summer at this point, you know. So before we get into everything for all our returning listeners, listeners, geez, I can't barely talk today. I want to thank you guys for coming back and taking time to listen to the Forks Down podcast. Um, you know, we're, I think this is episode 66 or 67. I'm, I'm losing count right now. Um, but, uh, we've seen how many people are listening. Um, we've seen the, the, not only the States, but the countries represented, um, you know, quick shout out to, um, you know, obviously the U S but Washington and Idaho, um, big, uh, big fan base there. Um, and then some, some countries, Germany, we, we've got people listening in Germany. Um, we've got some people listening in Australia, um, the UK, Canada. Um, I think I saw Sweden on there. I was like, man, we got some Mariners like fans in Sweden. So, um, you know, thank you. Thank you guys. You know, everyone that's been coming back every uh, every couple days, you know, I'd say every week, but we're doing two episodes a week. Um, and, and just thank you for everything you guys are doing. Um, you know, it's cool to see those numbers go up. Um, you know, Bo and I don't necessarily make money off this, uh, it's something we do for fun and, uh, we've been having a lot of fun with it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, and then if you're a new listener, Hey, welcome to Forks Down. Uh, Bo and I have been doing this for uh, a few months now and we're having fun and, and hopefully, you know, you think we're f- having fun and we're your new home for Mariners baseball talk. Um, you know, we like to review games, talk about the big notes that happen every week, the, the claims, the trades, the releases. So, you know, hopefully that catches your eye and, you know, you, you keep coming back just like a bunch of our returning listeners. So if you haven't already go hit up our social media pages, you can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram and on threads. Um, just search Forks Down Podcasts. You'll see our logo that you see every week on whatever listening app you're listening on. Um, you can also hit like and subscribe on that podcast listening app. You'll get notified about new episodes dropping. Um, you know, when I accidentally drop them early, which I've done a time or two, and Bo has to text me and go, uh, did you mean to drop the podcast now? Hey, it benefits you guys. We usually leave it up. So, um, so it'll notify you about that. And then if you guys can go on there and and give us five stars, you know, if you like us, um, again, it's not for our egos, you know, we, we're doing this for fun and, you know, we do get a little hate sometimes and, and we enjoy it, you know, but, um, if you rate us five stars, it'll help get our visibility up a little bit. Um, you know, higher on the charts just means that we can be more on front pages of those podcast listening apps. Um, you know, they'll, they'll recognize us, you know, when you type in Seattle Mariners is, you know, hopefully one of the leading podcasts talk about the Seattle Mariners. There's some good ones out there um, that, you know, I know Bo listens to, but uh, we want to join those ranks. So um, if you can do that for us, we'll continue to give you the best Mariners content that we can um, as outsiders looking in. We've got nothing, nothing to do with the team. Um, you know, we're, we're fans of the team, just like basically all you guys. And we, we try to be um, more honest you know, as baseball, as, as Mariners fans, we try not to be too, uh, overboard. Um, 
there's some there's some hot takes on Facebook and Twitter that uh, are truly terrible. So we try not to do that too often. But um, you know, just thanks for being with us. So, but I had I had to go long there today. Your timer should have been out. It was probably about four minutes there. But um, with all that being said, Bo, let's get to Mariners notes. And uh, hey, we we claimed someone from the Angels. It's not necessarily who you wanted. But I don't think it was a bad claim. Dominic Leone, former Mariner, former Angel, now back with the Mariners. In a corresponding move, we ended up DNF, DFAing Devin Street, and Devin Street ended up getting claimed by the Athletics. So that one kind of hurt a little bit. Thought he was um, young and, and could be promising down the road, but um, Dominic Leone back with the team. Yep, a little bit of the uh, of the old guard, should you say, um, back with uh, back in the fold, and um, yeah, I know. I think it was uh, it's a good little move. You maybe thought that you know the Mariners were going to be on a, a single reliever here or there with some of these moves. Um, I think that you know the thought of Lucas Giolito or anybody like that getting to us was um, probably unfounded. I didn't think that we were really going to have a chance there, but um, yeah, Dominic Leone. Um, good reliever for the most part and uh good to have him back you know i think his era is up just a little bit this year but i think certainly try to give him a chance and uh see what he's got left in the tank i know his debut probably didn't go as well as he anticipated but um yeah i think it's it's fun to see old mariners i think back in the fold so good to see him yeah he pitched was it monday's game i can't remember uh no it wasn't monday I, it might have been Tuesday. well we're I, chatting I on we're chatting on monday rick so i don't think it's i don't think that's the day's game I, so i think it was the <laughs> you know you, you realize how i go friday I to sunday and now i'm, I'm falling on monday God. uh yeah God dang it. uh the sunday game you pitched sunday yep this is pitch sunday okay i know i was watching i couldn't remember um and it wouldn't have been friday because i was at a concert so yeah looks like it was sunday's game um, yeah, rough outing for him in Sunday's game, but, uh, it was kind of just a rough series against the Mets. Um, uh, luckily we're still in first because, uh, was it Houston that got swept by the Yankees? It was Houston that got swept at home by the Yankees and Texas lost two or three from the, the twins. So, you know, Texas is back in second, I think according to the standings, but, um, you know, we got a little help there. Um, and so, I'm not going to look at this bad outing by Leon and say, Hey, let's get him off the team. Um, you know, it happens and I'm sure going down the road, um, you know, he'll look a little better. Uh, but you got to tell me this cause I can't remember, um, Dominic Leon's pitch mix. Does he have a sweeper in his, his repertoire? Like, I feel like we picked up a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, pitchers with sweepers and sliders. Does, I guess, does he have one of those in his repertoire? Sorry, I'm. I was talking on mute. Um, you know, I have to go back to it. Um, I think that he does, right? I think that he does have a. Ah, oh man, don't get me started on the sweeper and sweeper and slider stuff. But um, <laughs> he does have a slider. But I think he does. Um, he throws the fastball. You know what? Why don't I just pull it up here on Baseball Savant? Yeah. So I mean, he does have the the four seam fastball. He throws it about thirty nine percent of the time. Uh, the cutter he throws about uh 33% of the time and he does have a slider which is 29% of the time which in Mariners side of things right Mariners pitchers throw sliders really wrist throw sliders all the time so maybe his slider usage is a little under so maybe we're trying something different there so um but yeah pitch mix fastball cutter two seamer right uh with the slider so um it's a mix for old Dominic Leon welcome back to the Pacific Northwest Dominic Leon and I'm sure your next outing will be a better one. So um, I'm going to skip over over the injury note here for a second because uh, it was announced, I think it was on Sunday, that two Mariners won AL Player of the Month uh, awards. Julio was named AL Player of the Month for uh, August. Uh, I don't think there's any surprise there. He <laughs> did something that... No one else in history has done, so hey, good on you, Julio. Um, now, we go from the least surprising award given out to the most surprising award given out. Andres Munoz, named AL Reliever of the Month. 
That one, though, was a uh, little shocking. Just just a tad bit. Um, yeah, I think if you're a Mariner fan, it's a little, sh- yeah, it's a little like, I kind of saw it as like, what was the, what, what was that? Like, how did that happen exactly? Um, but I mean, if you look at it, right, Munoz did have, um, I think he had nine saves in the month of August, right? I think he had nine saves in the month of August. Um, I'm pretty, I think somebody probably just went to a war leaderboard on fan graphs and said, oh, here's the month of August, you know. Munoz had the highest in the month of April in the month of August probably said, Oh, that's good. But, um, yeah, I mean, coupled with those numbers is he did walk like four and a half per nine in the month of August too. So like there were a number of guys on base, right. Coupled with that. So, um, yeah, I guess a little surprising, but I think if you think about it, right, the nine saves looks really, really good. Um, but, uh, I also look at Emmanuel class a who also had, um, eight saves in the month of august and only walked one and a half per nine and think that uh, might be maybe a better choice there but you know what i'll take it any day of the week um but i also throw out i think justin topa had a had a justin topa had a great august and he had a great game in this series too so i think somebody else maybe could have been put under consideration but um you know happy to get it regardless yeah 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 um yeah you know his era is not not too far. Like you said, he's walking a ton. Um, but I mean, Andres Munoz did get nine saves. So, you know, congrats on, on Munoz to, uh, get that award. And, uh, hopefully there's many, many more of those down the road. Um, you know, as he's going to be the de facto closer for this team. So, um, now the injury note, before we move on to the Mets series, Uh, Ty France got hit by a pitch in Saturday's game. Um, For those of you not watching, he's been hit several times this season. Um, And and normally when it's coming up at his arm, he's able to get his uh, elbow that's got the elbow guard on it out. And it catches that and he gets the first and, you know, no problems. It still hurts. You know, it's going to hurt regardless, regardless if you hit the guard or not. Um, but this pitch on Saturday got up under the garden. It hit his unprotected arm, uh, looked right about the funny bone area, which if you just hit your funny bone off a table or a, you know, a door seal or something that hurts. So taking a 95 mile an hour pitch off the elbow like that doesn't feel good. Um, he was taken out of the Saturday's game. Mike Ford came in to replace him. He also did not play Sunday. Um, it looked like the x-rays on Saturday came back negative. So Sunday was just more letting him rest cause it was sore. Um, and it looks like he's back in the lineup Monday, but man, that was a, that was a scary time because normally Ty's a tough guy, you know, I mean, gotta be tough for how many times he's been hit this season, but, uh, that one, that one shook him up and he left the game pretty quickly. You know, he, he stood there, tried to shake it off and then he went to the dugout and did not come back. Yeah, I mean, there's been numerous times where he's been hit on the hand and he's like, oh, it's just the fatty part of the hand or something like that. And he's able to kind of shake it off pretty easy. But uh, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's pretty worrisome just because we've seen when Ty has injuries, he kind of has a hard time coming back from those sometimes. Right. We kind of thought that that was what happened last year and it just never seemed to click after, you know, I think the injury that he had, um, I think it was in was it August or July last year. I can't remember, but um yeah yeah it's just scary stuff and i think a couple of that with um you know ty's gone a couple i think a couple of weeks at this point without an extra base hit and um you know he's he hasn't quite looked like his full self that he was the last couple of years um so i think it's just worrisome you kind of combine all that stuff together and it's just uh yeah it's worrisome for the first baseman there yep 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 mike ford um did pretty admirably coming in relief and we're going to talk about it um he did have a home run at one point, you know, I think it was Sunday game that he started. He had a home run. So he didn't, you know, he didn't do too bad, but, um, never good when you're, you're, uh, starting first baseman gets hit and gets taken out like that. Cause you know, there's a lot of, a lot of unknowns, you know, the last time that happened, not necessarily him getting hit, but was, uh, uh, Emerson Hancock coming out of the game and we had a lot of unknowns and he's on the 60 day DL, you know, <laughs> things happen quick like that. So, um, good to see him back in the lineup and hopefully, you know, he, he feels a little bit better, um, Monday playing Cincinnati. So, which we will also talk about in a bit. 
All right, Bo, let's uh, let's move on to the Mariners Mets series. Um, again, like I said earlier, not a great series. Mariners lost two or three. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna go into those games a little bit. Um, but the Mariners did get a little help with, uh, like I said, Astros getting swept, Rangers losing two or three, and you know, as they go into Monday's game against Cincinnati, the start of the Cincinnati series, the Astros and Rangers play each other too. So, um, you know. Good time to gain some ground, but um, looking back at the Mariners-Mets series, I, I really felt that, um, you know, especially with that first game, it probably probably should have been two or three that the Mariners took. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think uh, I think the Mets were I think the Mets were I think the Mets did have a pretty good series. The Mets got um, you know a really good game out of Kodai Singa to start off with, right? Um, and you kind of maybe felt the Mariners offense was coming up for against a game like this. So um, I think the, the problem, right. The challenge is that Logan Gilbert also spun a gym in that game. Right. And you're not going to get too many games like that. Right. When Logan Gilbert goes nine K's 15 whiffs, his velocity's up a little bit. Um, and he only gives up, you know, a Nimmo Homer, right. Um, definitely a game. I think you should win. Um, so getting Felix a little bit in that game, but um yeah, I think the Friday game was just tough with, um, <clears throat> you know, Julio was coming back, which I think was a positive sign, I think, in this game. But um, there were just some mistakes in this game. I think everybody's going to point to Caballero getting picked off at the end of the game. Um, I think he's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with his speed, he's able to kind of, you know, go first to third to home on, you know, maybe just even a double in the gap or, you know, even a soft single to the right like he's gonna get you maybe to third so there's a lot that he's able to do that he just wasn't able to because of that kind of play there so had chances in this game and yeah with as low a scoring game as it was probably should have ended up winning this one or eking out eking it out somehow i guess yeah yeah, yeah. it was a it was a two to one loss for the mariners um and i mean you brought up logan gilbert six and two thirds innings seven hits one mistake you know, being the home run, the only run he gave up, no walks, nine Ks. Um, his ERA is down to three fifty six. But um, as you noted in our notes here, you know, more impressive three thirty one on the road. Uh, he's he's kind of being the best road starter on the team. So um, you know, good outing from Gilbert. Kind of got Felixed. Um, Spire came in for a third of an inning um, to finish out the seventh. Didn't give up any runs, and then Munoz comes in. And picks up the loss because Munoz gets a little wild, struggles in the eighth. Um, has two wild pitches, a walk, and then uh, old Mariner favorite Vogie Daniel Vogelback um, tags us and and brings the winning run across. Um, you know this this game was kind of like <laughs> I was I was surprised. You know I I know it's an August award, but this game kind of you know reiterated why I was surprised. On Sunday, when Munoz um, ended up winning a reliever of the year, or reliever of the year, reliever of the month, because um, we've seen we've seen a few of these games recently. Struggles, you know, has a wild pitch or two, walks a couple people, gets himself into trouble, and then sometimes a run comes across. It's just you know, just really surprising, and it's it's tough for Munoz because again, I I think he's he's struggling with uh, you know being that guy in the bullpen right now. You know, he's supposed to be the guy that closes games and, and, you know, right now Topa's pitching a lot better than him. Yeah. And, um, I think we've been kind of hoping for Munoz to, I mean, he's had a couple outings here, right. Where it looked, where it's looked rather dominant. I think what we're kind of really connecting our brains to is just how dominant appear when he appeared at certain points last year. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, it just feels like we're not. I guess getting that this year, um, I think he's still obviously been a very good closer. He's, you know, uh, the, the nine saves, you would point to that. Right. But um, it just hasn't been what we thought it was or what we saw last year. So I think we're kind of picturing that or having that little bit of recency in our veins for that, but he's been a very good effective closer. I just think he hasn't been. Yeah. That top tier that we maybe anticipated, I think once we have traded away Paul Seawald and said, Oh yeah, there's no concern about a lot of this. Right. When, um, you know, it kind of seems like maybe our, I guess the end of the games become a little bit, um, uh, I guess less sure now that's what it kind of feels like. And, um, you know, not a great feeling to have, but 
still a guy I think you can trust at the end of the games to at least try to, I don't know, keep it close for you, not lose it out of super out of control. But um, yeah, it just, uh, it's been a little bit of a struggle, I think. And um, you know, this game in particular. Yep. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> moving on to the offense here. Um, JP Crawford had the lone run, had a home run in the fourth off of Kodai Singa. Um, he went one for three, had a walk, a strikeout. Um, Julio was the only Mariner that had um, multi-hit game, two for four. Um, only Cade once his year or his ERA. His average is sitting about two eighty-eight. So um, good to see Julio come back and get a couple hits. Um, and then Cal, Teo, Canzone, and Rojas had the other hits. Seven hits, not a lot to talk about um, offensively in this game just because really nothing happened. Um, the RBI, that the home run was um, Crawford's 13th of the season, 45th RBI of the season. Um, runners in scoring position for the team, 0 for 7. Left on base, 6. And Mike Ford grounded into a double play. That was my, or was Friday's game. Keep wanting to say Monday now. God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like we don't talk about the other team enough. And, uh, you know, you got to give it up to Kodai Senga. Um, you know, the, the offense struggled, but, he, you know, he pitched pretty well. Um, went seven innings, only gave up five hits. And had double-digit case, 12 case. So, uh, Sango looked pretty good, and, and I kind of wish we uh, were able to bring it in last off season. <laughs> kind of wish, kind of wish. Yep, no, I agree with you, and uh, I don't want to give the Mariners' offense a pass, but you know what we said prior to the you know earlier in the season was the Mariners make uh, bad pitchers look great. Um, I think we're all going to point to the Patrick Corbin start, um, but you know Kodai Sango is a good pitcher. And, um, when you face guys like that, some of these outings are just going to happen. So, um, I was happy to kind of give the, maybe the game a pass on this one, but, um, the offensive pass on this one, yeah, but, uh, ultimately should still come out with something, but, um, you know, Kota Senga was, uh, was pretty dominant in this one. Yeah. Moving on to Saturday's game. Saturday's game, um, was, uh, was, a uh, kind of the inverse, uh, Offensive showing came out for the Mariners. It was an 8-7 victory. Um, and overall, overall, the offense looked uh, looked pretty well. They got 10 hits. Three of those from J.P. Crawford. Um, he went three for four. Had an RBI. Three runs. Um, so, J.P. Crawford keeps setting the table at the top and continues to be the, the leadoff hitter we needed. Um, Julio went one for five. Um Gino went one for five. Teo went two for four. Cal Raleigh went one for four. One for two for Ty France before he got taken out. Um, Canzone came in and pinch hit for Dylan Moore um, and had a hit and a couple RBIs because he hit a home run. And, uh, yeah, that's that's basically the Mariners' offense there. Teo, Canzone, JP all had home runs. JP's came um, in the ninth inning off of Adam Adovino. He hit... Um, the game winning home run for the ninth inning to, to, to take the lead. I guess it's not technically a game winning one because the game still continued after that, but um, you know, just a, just a better offensive showing for the Mariners in this game. Uh, yeah, no, a much better offensive showing. And um, I, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think who stuck out the most to me, but um, it's probably just because I feel like he's on a heater right now. It's just I'm feeling better about Dominic Canzone, I think, with almost every game, right? Um, he seems to be, um, I would say, relatively locked in. He seems to be making good swing decisions. He's not, you know, grossly striking out a whole lot. He's blocking some. He's, um, yeah, I think playing at at least a replacement level value, maybe a little bit over that. Um, so I continue to be kind of impressed by the kid. I feel like he's hitting the ball really hard. And, um, right now I feel like we're getting kind of a surplus out of that, out of that Paul Seawall deal. But yeah, Ken zone was kind of the guy that, um, I, uh, I've been impressed by, I think that this game and the previous game, especially, and, uh, I think the offense is general, right? Well, this was a very good, uh, offensive performance from everybody, but he was kind of the guy that I think sticking out to me as I think it goes along, but, um, how are you feeling about Ken zone right now? And, um, 
I don't know. I wonder what his future prospects is once we get with Jared Kelnick gets back. But how are you feeling about Canzone right now? I got to say, he's got one of the better celebrations for the Mariners. I think I said this last episode. Chef's kiss. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Every time he looks, you know, the camera pans over because he got a base hit. He's on the base putting up the fingers, the chef's kiss, and the team's doing it back to him. So, um, you know, I feel like he's really become part of this team. Um, Angie, I think it was Angie. No, it was Jen Mueller. Had a pretty good interview with him talking about um, when he got traded to the Mariners because he got called into a meeting and he was like, oh, okay, I'm probably getting demoted. You know, I'm playing on a good team and they want to bring someone up. And then I can't remember if he said it was the GM, but he's like, Someone who's normally not there was there that time. And he goes, huh, I must be getting traded, but to who, you know? And, uh, you know, they told him he was coming to the Mariners. But I, I feel like he uh, he's really fit in with the Mariners. Um, I, I really want to see him, even when Kelnick comes back, play a little bit. Um, you, you mentioned before we started the episode, maybe we see him at first. Give him a chance. Maybe, you know, maybe we do that. I, I want to see more of him. You know, and um, I know he's. I'm, I'm certainly liking him. I'm, I'm liking that that Paul Sewell deal more every time because you know when it's not Canzone doing something, Josh Rojas is coming up with some big hits. Um, I, I, I do you think Josh Rojas needs a little bit more playing time too? Um, Cobby's just not cutting it right now, and and so I, I, it's hard to determine if this trade is a win. Um, you know, it, it really is. And um, I, I feel pretty, pretty sure that right now, if we were to grade it right now, it's a win for the Mariners because uh, Canzone, geez, I about said Cobby. Canzone and, and Rojas are doing really well. So, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm in agreement with you there. And like I said, hitting the ball hard. Some of his expected numbers, his, his data that you see for there, looking pretty good. Very early, still preliminary, right? But um, I think right now it's trending towards being a very usable replacement plus level player. So I'm um, looking pretty good for him. I, I got a sidebar for a second because we are shooting the episode and the Mariners game is just starting today on Monday. And Gino, it's the bottom of the first Gino just took the field. And the Reds did a little, you know, they tribute for players returning. It was for Gino and Luis Castillo. And it just panned to Luis Castillo. And um, he was laughing. Him and uh, Bryce Miller were laughing at Gino as Gino was kind of tipping his cap to the fans because they were cheering him on. So, uh, I don't know. I just like the dynamic of this team sometimes. You know, even in losses, it seems like they're having fun and, and – um, you know, the fun differential is off the charts and that means the Mariners will win more. So back to it. <laughs> um, now the last little offensive stats I have here, uh, Gino, I just brought up Gino. Gino did ground into a double play two for eight with runners in scoring position, five left on base. Um, Haggerty got a second stolen base of the season. Uh, Julio got his 36th stolen base of the season. So, um, not bad offensively. Uh, Luis Castillo got to start in this game. And I know this is a game you said on Friday that you were watching. And uh, Luis kind of had a rough go at it. Only went five innings, eight hits. Gave up five runs. All of them earned. Only struck out two. Gave up two home runs. Two base on balls. Um, you know, not not the Luis Castillo start that we've been getting. So, it was rough. Um, but the bullpen came in, although two of the four bullpen members gave up runs, they kind of held it down and helped the Mariners get the, the win. Um, but man, I, I was hoping for a better start from Castillo. Yeah. And he's a guy that's been on kind of a, kind of a run of pretty good games pitched. Um, and you know, just inevitably seems like after that run like that, some of these are going to happen and this was just kind of. I thought this was one of his worst pitch games of the year. Honestly, um, the, you know, the velocity was down. Um, some of the spin on his pitches was down. Um, some things were just left middle, middle. And, um, 
yeah, it was just a rougher start from from Luis, and I kind of thought that we really needed him to kind of come in. I think in this game, we really, really didn't want to go down 0-2 to the Mets. Um, so I was a little disappointed by by that fact. It just, uh, yeah, threw the fastball, you know, half the time, and it just really wasn't working, I felt like. Um, you know, still good. But I think he still was able to get, you know, 13 whiffs or 13 swings and misses in this game. But, um, yeah. We just did not did not get the best of Luis in this one, and uh, you know, ultimately able to get bailed out by the offense. But um, I really, really wish we would have gotten more from him, you know, in this game. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know. We talked about one of his last starts, how he kind of seems like he goes on cruise control a little bit sometimes. You know, when the Mariners get up, um, I don't think he took it off cruise control coming into this game. You know, he tried to cruise through it and, and the Mets were aggressive and just turned in to one of his worst outings of the season. I don't think it was necessarily his worst. Um, I think it was that angels game where he gave up seven, eight runs probably, probably takes the cake, but um, you know, and there was that game in, in May where he gave up four home runs. So um, he's had a couple bad starts, but hopefully these are the, the last of the bad starts going forward. You know, we got less than a month to play now. Um, you know, every, every pitcher is bound to have a bad start or two, you know, there's, you can't, you can't tell me that through 162 game season, that there's going to be a pitcher that never has a bad start, you know? So hopefully these are the, you know, we're getting these last of the rough starts out and, you know, as we get ready for the playoff push and hopefully to take the AL West crown, um, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, the, uh, the rough starts are, you know, past us. So, yep, right there with you. But uh, I think the, I mean, the rest of the pitching staff in this one, um, I, I think did an okay job for the most part, right? I think we did give up. We saw Spire and Sacedo both give up runs in this game. Um, but Matt Brash, I thought, did a good job. And then, you know, I think the guy that uh, takes the cake in this one is Justin Topa, right? I think he uh, just kind of continues a little bit of his streak that he's been on of just, pitching very solidly and was able to kind of come in and help us close out the, the eighth in this one. And then was able to ultimately able to, he gave us a little bit of a heart attack in the ninth, a little bit of a Paul Sewell desk there in the ninth with a couple of leadoff singles, but um, yeah, he continues his odd streak and was able to get the win. So I was happy to see that. Yep. Yep. Um, I think Sacedo got tagged with the blown save. Yep. It was his first blown save of the season. Spire and Brash each had holds. Spire's 16th holds the season. Brash is 19th. And Topa's fifth win in the season. So, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, good Mariners win um, when we needed it. You know, we didn't want to go down 0-2 to the Mets. And uh, the Mariners were able to pull this one out. So, moving on to Sunday's game. Um, Sunday's game was, was a little rougher to watch. You picked... Uh, Castillo last week on games to watch pitching matchup you wanted to see I think I picked Kirby and I <laughs> feel like every time I pick Kirby I jinx him um, Kirby picked up the loss a 6-3 Mets victory um, and Kirby picked up the loss in the game and again a a, a a start that really was one of the rougher outings you know I feel like we're in a tough Mariner stretch right now of of starting pitching because Kirby only went three innings, gave up six hits, four runs, three of them earned, had given up a home run. Good thing he didn't walk anyone, but uh, only had three Ks and it was just, you know, it was the shortest Kirby outing of the season. Yeah, and um, yeah, another one you wish you could have gotten a little bit more out of this game. Um, Pete Alonso kind of had had his number in this one. Um, but yeah, it's been, you know, it's been noted, right. Of how, uh, you know, Luis and George Kirby perform, um, just much better at home. Right. And I think mm-hmm. this was just a circumstance and being on the road, they're still very good road pitchers, right? Like they still, I think they still have ERAs under four, but, um, yeah, they, they perform much better at home. Um, I think these were going to be some tough road starts for them. I think especially Kirby, you know, missing his last start, um, and this Mets team, Pete Alonso was seemed a little bit locked in this weekend and, uh, you know, was able to kind of get the best of him. So, um, yeah, just rough all around, I think for Kirby in this one. 
Yeah, I, I would say it was kind of rough for the pitching staff. Um, you know, obviously the offense wasn't uh, wasn't great in this one, but um, Leon gave up a home run in his uh, first relief appearance for the Mariners. Um, Campbell was the only one that had a fairly decent outing. He went one and two thirds innings, only gave up two hits and struck out two people. And then Thornton gave up a, a home run in the eighth. So, um, just, you know, rough outing. Like you said, um, or excuse me, Thornton gave up a home run in the seventh, not the eighteen went two innings. Uh, like you said, Alonzo had, had the Mariners number. He had his 40th and 40th, 41st home runs of the season. And, uh, McNeil, if I remember correctly, McNeil, oh, uh, he only went two for four. I feel like McNeil was swinging a really hot bat this, uh, this series. So, um. You know, it was it was tough when, you know, you got some of the Mets heating up because they do have a good team. They're just not performing well this season. So, um, you know, when you, you come into a series, maybe the, the Mariners took it a little for granted, seeing that what their record was and was like, oh, we can beat these guys. Um, you know, it's just, it's tough. It's it's really tough to, to watch the pitching staff kind of do that. Yeah, and... Uh, this pitching staff did have times, right. Where they just kind of have a stinker of a week, right. Or a stinker of, you know, seven games or something like that. Right. Back at the end of, I think it was the end of the May when we played the Yankees and then we played the Rangers and the pitching staff was really going through, I think some rough times there. Right. Um, so, uh, I think it's not, it's not difficult to believe that maybe this is just a little bit of a blip right now and, you know, hopefully we'll get over it. Hopefully we can at least get to the road trip, you know, survive the road trip and still be on top or maybe even a game behind somewhere in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think they might be going through something a little bit right now. Um, hopefully they can kind of get it out of their system, you know, for during this, during this red series. But, um, yeah, I think they might be regressing just a tiny bit than this and this kind of week series here, but, um, fingers crossed, you know, we'll get out of the, out of the road trip relatively unscathed, but, uh, yeah, a little tough right now. Offensively, we're just going to do a quick offense here because there wasn't uh, wasn't much going on. The Mariners only scrounged up six hits. Um, Teo, Mike Ford, Caden Marlowe, and Sam Haggerty all had hits. Um, Canzone was kind of the star, went two for four. Uh, had a run, two RBIs, struck out twice. Hit his fifth home run of the season in the fourth inning. Mike Ford's one hit was also a home run, his 14th. Um, came in, I think it was back to back with Canzone. Um, so both of them came in the fourth inning. Uh, Julio was the unfortunate recipient of a grounded into double play. And then the Mariners weren't getting on base a lot because runners in scoring position, um, you know, team wise was over three and left on base was seven. So, um, just not much to talk about offensively outside of Canzone. You know, he's, you know, you, you talked about him earlier heating up and and i said he i want to see him play more and and you know he had a home run in this one so uh, i thought i thought for sure the mariners would do more after kind of getting it started in that fourth inning and they really didn't you know i think the fourth inning is when they scored all their runs so just just a rough series and and again it was it was bound to happen the mariners were were bound to regress a little bit um you know, it, it, it'd be tough to say they weren't, but, um, you know, just I was hoping for a better outcome in this Mets series. But like I said, the Rangers and Astros did not play well, so the Mariners are still on top in the in the AL West with the, uh, the Astros and Rangers going into a series against each other. Yeah, we're still on top. I think it's it's really critical that I we I think we kind of – I want to say rested this series, but it was, I mean, there were, you know, I think Josh Rojas made an error in this game that kind of led to um, that extra run for, for Kirby. Um, I think back to the Caballero pickoff, there was an error to sit with Sam Haggerty to start off the game, I think on the Saturday game. And I think we just need to play a little tighter, right? I think we just need to play. The Mariners have been playing such good baseball over the last um, really two months and just playing tight and clean baseball that they just needed a, tap into that a little bit more. I think especially with, um, you know, the Reds who are going to be fighting for a wild card spot coming here. 
um, yeah, we just need to play a little bit tighter, a little bit better and a little bit cleaner, um, less, less mental errors, less base running errors. And, um, yeah, it was a tougher series to watch cause I just felt like it was very winnable. The Mets aren't as good. Um, the Mets have had some struggles and granted they did get a pretty good performance out of, uh, Pete Alonzo, but, um, overall just a tougher, it was a tougher one to watch cause the, even the Saturday game was just uncomfortable and, you know, we felt like we were going to lose it at some point. So, um, just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, not what we've grown accustomed to over the last um, two months. So um, hopefully, better days are ahead. Yep. Yeah, and and I can't remember if I saw it if it was on Reddit or a Facebook group I'm a part of, but someone said just the whole series as a whole was just a slog. You know, Friday's game wasn't really exciting unless you're into pitchers duels. Um, Sunday's game for the Mariners, outside of the fourth inning. You know, they really didn't do nothing. Their bats were quiet. You know, the pitching staff wasn't doing well. So just overall a slog to listen to and watch and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I think going into Cincinnati, we're going to see a little bit more exciting baseball. You know, we got some good pitching matchups. Cincinnati is, uh, as everyone knows, is a young, young, fun team to watch. You know, Ellie De La Cruz, um, former Mariners prospect Noel V. Marte. Um, you know, TJ Friel, uh, who's, who's Spencer Steer. Is he, he's playing this series, right? He's not hurt. Spencer Steer, former, uh, former Oregon state, Oregon, Oregon state, Oregon duck. So, um, Spencer yep. Steer's there. And then, uh, of course, leading off, uh, somebody we're well familiar with, uh, Mr. Jake Fraley. So, um, yep. Looking pretty good. I, I don't think he let off in Monday's game. I don't, I don't think he did, but. <laughs> I think is. he is leading off. I think you're you you're you're trashing me here. I see it. I see that he's leading off. What's your what's your deal? What's your deal? Oh, he's he 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 got out very quickly oh, in the first inning. There you go. Because I think I was saying something. I looked up and there was one out for the Reds. Although the Reds currently are winning this game two nothing in the top of the second. Uh, base hits by um, Ellie De La Cruz and new acquisition Reds acquisition. Hunter Renfro um, has put the the Reds up to nothing. Um, But, uh, you know, we'll have all that action in in Friday's episode. Um, But the pitching matchups, we got Brian Wu starting out today on Monday against TJ Antone. Um, TJ Antone, uh, I'm pretty sure he was a former reliever, and he is now a starter. Um, I think he came back from Tommy John surgery last, last month or he, he, he had Tommy sir, Tommy John surgery. I remember him being on my fantasy team at one point and basically I had to bench him for the rest of the year because he was hurt. Um, and then uh, Tuesday's game is Bryce Miller versus Connor Phillips. Wednesday's game is Logan Gilbert versus Lyon Richardson. Looking at the matchups, Bo, this is certainly a, ser- uh, a series that the Mariners should win. They should at least take two or three, if not sweep them should sweep them i think it's uh the tuesday game worries me a little bit right we're talking about um guys that have had other struggles on the road and bryce miller's you know one of those that has struggled a little bit more on the road than at home um and uh i think that one's probably gonna be the one i'm watching a little bit closer because i also connor phillips was uh you know included in the trade that sent jesse winker and you hate, you know, to the Seattle Mariners, Connor Phillips is kind of the, the last guy in, in that trade. So it's, you know, interesting to just kind of see him, you know, make his debut with the Reds now. So probably the one I'm watching a little bit more, but certainly I think with Logan Gilbert on Wednesday, that's a winnable game. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough series though. going to be a tough series and we're going to have to at least, I don't know. We, we certainly, I want at least two out of three in this one, given the way that we played against the Mets, but uh, going to be a tough one to get two out of three. So we'll see. It, that you said that Bryce Miller Connor Phillips is your is your matchup to watch. That's the one I'm gonna be watching. I want I want to see what we get out of Bryce Miller. Um and uh, yeah, Connor Phillips, former Mariner, that was kind of a throw in in a trade, making his major league debut. Um, he's had a really good season. Um, in the minor leagues, so uh, be fun to see how he does. Yep. I'll, I'll probably have to take Logan Gilbert. I feel like it's gonna be a one-one series and. Wednesday is going to be the rubber match. I think Logan Gilbert's going to need to get it done. And again, like we said, he's been one of the better road starter starters for the Mariners. So 
I expect him to to pitch a gym on Wednesday. So I'm not going to give you predictions because, like I said, with Kirby, I gave predictions, I think, Friday about Kirby, and I failed. I failed the assignment terribly. So, all right, Bo, let's move on. Um, you know, our last segment of the day, Prospect Corner, and um, I know we're doing another check-in. So, Bo, take it away. Uh, doing another check-in and, uh, you know, primarily based upon just some recent performances, but also um, just overall checking with, in with guys that have kind of had a little bit of a breakout, maybe struggled a little bit, but um, Ryan Bliss, um, talking about the acquisitions via Paul Seawald, um, hit two home runs last night in uh, in Tacoma. Um, it's been swinging a, a, a hotter bat, I think, more recently. Kind of was off to a sluggish start, but um, I think since uh, – the 21st he does still have three home runs um you know um five rbis so still looking relatively good hopefully that gets him going a little bit more but um you know well i don't know i don't know if that performance will kind of push him up and above up and above there but probably still trending to more towards a, a chance at the second base job come uh come spring training so and then on top of that uh cole young also hit a home run last night in modesto um just continuing to, to continuing to break out and um, just looking really good. Like I think we're going to see Cole Young jump up a lot of prospect charts. He's already on the top 100 in a lot of places, but um, I think he's, he's trending in the pot. He's trending in the right way. Right. Um, since July walking 14% of the time, only striking out 17% of the time, the strikeout rate of that low for a kid that's only 20 years old is pretty impressive. Um, and uh, just absolutely trending in the right way of a, of a top tier prospect. Um, and then finally, Jonathan Classe, we've talked about Classe before, but, um, you know, has been off to just a, a slower start since he got promoted to, uh, to Arkansas. Um, I think the most notable thing with him stolen 48 bases in Arkansas. So the speed is, uh, is the speed is really, really there. The bats had a hard time coming up since he's been in Arkansas has hit 12 home runs, but, um, only batting 218, 321 on base and a 392 slug. So, um, lots of work there to just do, so he'll do for class A, but, um, you know, the stolen base is very encouraging. Hopefully the rest of the offense side of the game will come along. Um, <laughs> uh, you might've noticed, Bill, I was, I was kind of laughing when you were talking. I wasn't laughing at what you were saying because you're giving out great information as always, but, um, Mariners games on in the background, Brian Wu, Bottom of the second, um, leadoff batter is Noel V. Marte. You know, wanted to see that matchup for the first time. He saw one pitch, one pitch, and Wu, I don't think it was intentional, but threw at him. <laughs> and now Noel V is on. So, um, wow. Not not great. Not great. So, yeah, um, it looks like it's Wu's third hit batter of the game. So um, something may be off there, but we'll talk about that more in the in the next episode. Yep. We will. We will. Um, you know, looking at your prospect corner, Bill, do you feel that Ryan Bliss might might see some action this September? You see, you see him at all? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's tough for me to get to, it's tough for me to see, I think make a jump. He still had some struggles, I think for the most part, since he's been in Tacoma striking out 25% of the time. Um, I think it's, it's difficult for me to see it barring some sort of injury. I think, you know, we're going to try to think with Josh Rojas seeming to be pretty competent at second base. I think he's probably going to likely stay in Tacoma for the rest of the year, barring an injury. Yep. Well, Bo, that is our show today. Um, you got anything else for us before we get out? Of um, here? I'm making up a forks down statistic. Okay, are you ready for this? It's ground. It's ground into double plays plus hit by pitches. Um, who do you think leads all of Major League Baseball in ground grounded into double plays plus hit by pitches? Uh, the Mariners. Is it's there a particular Mariners. player on the Mariners? Ty France. Ty France has a combined 53 grounded double plays plus hit by pitches. The next closest player, the next closest player in all of baseball is Sean Murphy with 34. So, <laughs> so 
There you go. You're cherry picking still. Oh, oh, I, I, I absolutely, I, I absolutely cherry picked this one. <laughs> absolutely cherry picked it and made it up. Yep. So there you go. That doesn't tell the whole story. God, get uh, it out doesn't. Of here it doesn't. It doesn't. Statistics. But it's really funny. So that's why. That's why I did it. So there you go. Seriously though. 53 in the next closest. 53 hit by pitches and rounded a double play. So I, I saw this and I was like, oh, Pete Alonso is third on this list with 33. So Pete Alonso is third, but Ty France is 20 above him and grounded a double plays plus hit by that's, pitches. So that's because that's because Pete Alonso just strikes out. He doesn't hit in the ground. He doesn't ground into double plays. He just strikes that's, out. Yeah, but he also hits 41 home runs. So yeah, there you go. D- yeah. Yeah. Did, did we? I think we talked about this on a, a past podcast episode that you know you you bring up Pete Alonso, but Joey Gallo is going to have like thirty home runs this season or something. Yet he has negative WAR. Like that is that is wild to me. That is wild to me. I know Pete Alonso is not got negative WAR. He, I think his WAR is actually pretty decent for for having a two twenty batting average, but. Joey Gallo's got like negative war and he's going to hit 30 home runs. Well, when you strike out 45% of the time, it doesn't really help your case there, um, Joey. So there you go. Strike out, strike out, strike out, strike out, home run. Strike out, strike out, strike out, strike out, strike out. <laughs> Definition of a three true come out plum, true, three outcome player. So Mr. Gallo. Yep. I, I, I think it's two. Yeah, is that everything that's, for you, Bo? That's it for me, else? yep. All right. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys on Friday.